Hi and welcome to the Psyche Podcast where we discuss all things mindset, mental well-being and living your best life. I'm your host Hannah and I'm a mindset and mental well-being coach and founder of Psyche Coaching. Welcome and we hope you enjoy the show. Hi everyone and welcome back to the second episode of the week. I hope you enjoyed Monday's episode with David and we are back with Lexis for this week's episode and just a little disclaimer this is a yeah a fairly relaxed conversation but um it's marked explicit because there's a little bit of swearing and just yeah just a disclaimer uh so if you're listening around you know people who you don't want to hear swearing just bear that in mind um and again this was filmed filmed recorded um right right at the beginning of a sort of lock, lockdown situation, so kind of March, April. Um, and so it's something I'm finding really interesting at the moment, listening back to interviews recorded a few months ago and sort of reflecting on how things are different now and how things are the same and um, and all of that. Uh, so I hope you enjoy this episode. <clears throat> what I will say is that uh, the sound quality feels a little bit patchy in, in some places, uh, so apologies for that and uh, please bear with it. I think it's a little bit of uh, enjoying the outside space when recording, which has given a bit of wind noise. And also, I've now upgraded my mic, although I'm not using that to record this intro, but <laughs> so sound quality, particularly my end. Uh, is improving which is very exciting uh, but this is uh, my old setup uh, so not quite as clean sound but the conversation with Lexis was, was so much fun and really enjoyable so um, and as I say at the end I'll say again now uh, I loved the tips that she shared at the end so stay tuned for those um, so I really hope you enjoy this episode so let's dive in I'm really excited to welcome this week's guest Lex to the podcast so welcome and if you could introduce yourself to the listeners and tell us a little bit about you that would be great. Hey thanks for having me um, my name is Lexa Charday. I am a stand-up comedian and podcast host I've been doing comedy since like 2011 so coming up on my 10-year anniversary here pretty soon um started in Los Angeles and now I'm in Phoenix and uh yeah I'm uh struggling right now with the whole uh <laughs> coronavirus situation I'm stuck at home trying to tell jokes on the internet which is like so awkward because you don't hear the laughter and so you feel like you're bombing all the time which is humbling we need that but um ready for this stuff to be over <laughs> mm, I'm sure you're not the only one feeling that yeah <laughs> and, and so um do you, I, I mean, I like comedy. I don't know if there are particular styles of comedy, if, if that's a thing, but do you have... Totally. A, yeah, so how would you describe your style of comedy? Because I know British humour is possibly quite different to other types of humour. So how would you describe your, um, your style? You know, I get asked that question a lot, and I honestly, I don't know how to describe my style. Um, I feel like... M- the way I deliver my comedy is totally based on moods. 
Um, I would definitely say I like based off what people tell me is like I have a good stage presence, which that's that's important. I have high energy, which that's important. I definitely try to do a little bit of self-deprecation. I think that's a good way to get people to relate to you because we're all our own worst critic. So if you can like make fun of yourself a little bit, it make, definitely makes you relatable, makes you likable. And I kind of just like my comedy changes as I grow and what's going on in my life. I, I make a lot of jokes about things that happen in my life right now. You know, I'm a nine-year-old daughter. So like our conversations are getting really funny as like she's developing her own personality and her own knowledge. So I do um, write quite a bit of jokes about her and just like, I don't know. It's like more of like my thought process too. Like sometimes I just think weird things and sounds funny. So I would say I'm a little out there. I, I do think I have some jokes that are a little bit of a shock value. I'm not a, I'm not like a disgusting or like, you know, like, uh, like a vulgar comic or anything like that. But I will say things that are disgusting, but not in a disgusting way that kind of can be shocking. I do like shock value. Sometimes I prefer to get someone to say Jesus Christ instead of laughing. <laughs> um, I think being able to make people be like, oh, wow, I've never thought about that. Or like, oh my gosh, like that's, that's fun to me. Um, so yeah, but I don't know like what category I would put myself in. I'm kind of a storyteller too, in a, in a sense, but I try to I try to get away from that because with storytelling comedy, sometimes you can get like, there's too much premise. And so I try to make sure like every, you know, 30 seconds to a minute that I'm making the audience laugh. Cause it is, it's kind of a system. It's kind, kind of scientific in a way. Like if you don't keep them laughing every so often, you're going to lose the audience too. Mm. So I think the kind of um, the self-deprecating thing, I think, because mm -hmm. if you, watch a comedian who's really like full of themselves and goes on about how amazing they are the whole time like no one cares who are you I, there's something about humans I think as well that that we can be really nice and we can be really I'm seeing like a lot of that at the moment people being supportive but we can also be really awful at, at some points and there's I think there's a bit of us that sometimes is that there's a I think there's a German word for it uh Schadenfreude I don't know if you've heard of it I think that's right uh -uh. Which is why you kind of like other people's misfortune a little bit. And it's so, so when someone's being self-deprecating, there's almost that like, ha ha ha. Like, yeah. You know, that, do you know what I mean? That kind of feeling of like, oh, you're having a hard time or you're going through this. There's something weird about us that we quite, quite like that sometimes. Well, they, you know, the phrase misery loves company. So if someone's mm -hmm. going through like a hard time and, you know, and, and they see someone else is going through a hard time they're like yes you know <laughs> it's kind of evil but yeah humans are like that for sure yeah we're we're a weird creature really <laughs> <laughs> we are <laughs> yeah um there's something that's something really powerful isn't there about laughter about kind of bringing people together and, and boosting mood and i saw a video the other day i have no idea where it came from possibly someone shared it and it was just this guy on a, a train or a bus and he was just headphones in laughing, just completely laughing. And slowly everyone on the, the bus or the train starts laughing as well. And they have no idea what he's laughing at. Yeah. Um, laughter is definitely contagious. Um, I talk about on my podcast, I talk about um, the Hawkins scale, which is the vibrational scales. 
And um, there's a theory that when you're laughing that you're vibrating at like your highest frequency possible. And so if you think about like vibes, like when you're around people, if someone's like in a really shitty vibe, you know, or like say you're like doing your own thing and there's people around you that are in a shitty vibe and like you try not to let it bother you, but then later you realize you're in a shitty mood and you're like, why am I in this shitty mood? Like you're catching on other people's energies and vibrations. And so um, laughter is, I mean, a really, really powerful one. And that's something that happens too, like with comedy is like, I've seen some um, comedians that like, aren't necessarily like funny, but they're just so silly. They're so silly. And some of the stuff isn't, some of the stuff they're saying isn't making any sense. So it's like really awkward. So you start laughing out of it being awkward and then it becomes funnier. And then everyone like soon you know just a couple of people chuckling because it's awkward and then by the end of their set everyone's just like dying with laughter because they're just like confused they don't know what's going on um mm. I see that happen a lot and that's pretty amazing to me <laughs> mm. I think we've uh trying to think about kind of you know UK comedians so we do have a couple who their thing is to be like the miserable person but it is mm-hmm. funny, like because they're just so negative about everything that mm-hmm. is funny. Yeah. But I think definitely when you're around people, generally, if someone is always miserable and they're always down, then you, then you can feel that and you can leave that interaction feeling, like you said, down yourself. But if someone yeah. is positive or upbeat or makes you feel good, makes you laugh, then you much prefer being around them. You leave feeling lifted totally yeah and I think definitely at the moment that's what we need isn't it yeah feeling lifted um so how did you get into comedy um it's something that I kind of like stumbled into um I was at the time I was living in LA and I was doing um I was hosting my own show it was like a interview show with musicians and stuff like that and um I was talking to one of my friends who's kind of like a manager type figure and a partner for me and, you know, asked him if I should like brush up on my interviewing skills and he suggested going to an improv class. And so I went to UCB, um, Upright Citizens Brigade in in, uh, Hollywood, Melrose area, which is like where a lot of the comedians that are like big nowadays have gone. A lot of people that have been on SNL have gone there. They either go to UCB or they go to Second City. Those are like the two big improv schools in, in the United States. Um, so I went there and I took a improv class and I really enjoyed it. So I, I looked to see what other kind of stuff they're offering. And I took a sketch comedy writing class because I've always been like a writer and wanted to write scripts and stuff. And through that, I um, had some students, um, classmates of mine that did stand up and they're like, you should do stand up. Like your stuff's really good. And it'll be a good way for you to like tell your stories and see how well they hit with the audience. And so I was like, all right. And so like, he kind of helped me like write my, or sorry, she kind of helped me write like my first like five minutes. And then I went and I performed at Flappers in Burbank and, and I did good. I I did pretty good for my first time. I still have my, my video somewhere in my archives and and it was addicting. I was like, I like this. And so I just kept doing it. Mm. There's a, a, a podcast I listen to, and I know there's like stand-up comedy in that. And uh, one of the, the hosts talks about running like stand-up comedy or improv um, events as a kind of corporate training thingy and uh, um, for like confidence and, and speaking. And I listen to that and I think, 
one it scares me two like <laughs> like maybe it'd be really fun to try and it's something I was thinking about you know vaguely now we're on lockdown so it's not, <laughs> not gonna happen <laughs> but yeah how did you find that experience just kind of putting yourself out did you find that you had a confidence boost after yeah totally um you totally have a confidence boost after and then depending on if like you don't do well you're like oh man you know I need to I need to work harder it's like if ever you look at everything in your life and it's like this trial and error everything that you do is trial and error it's fail fail you're failing more than you're winning at anything and I think comedy is a direct reflection of that and if anything it's just like the most um precise reflection of that too like you know you're you're gonna fail or even if you if the crowd thinks that you did good you probably felt that you failed at this one particular joke you know so it's just constant trial and error um a joke is never finished there's always something that you can add to it there's always something that you can take away and that's what i feel like really makes it an art because like you know you you're like in the present figuring out what's gonna work for you what's gonna make the audience laugh every audience is different every room is different how the room feels so yeah I mean I in college I did a lot of a uh, spoken word and I was also like played the guitar and like sang so I've been a performer most of my life and then on top of that the athlete so I was always performing and I think in a way you kind of like get addicted to that feeling of like preparing for something and like seeing how you're going to perform and every day it's different and there's always that fear that one day you're going to wake up and not have it anymore or not perform like you used to you know so I think it's something everyone should do I think everyone should try performing something in a way I think we all do you know mm. yeah I think it thinking about performing I mean I did uh amateur dancing younger, like much younger very young. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, but I kind of feel like as an adult, it's good to put yourself out there and try things that scare you and, mm-hmm. you know, give it a shot. And then you might find, so you sort of went into it for proving it now it's become this, this career. Is it? So you discover things that you didn't know that you loved doing just by, like you said, trial and error, giving it a go. Yeah. It's like at some age, like, think about like when you're a a kid and like how fearless you were like I mean most most kids were pretty fearless I mean I remember like swimming and doing backflips into the pool like like it was nothing like had no problem trying it now I'm like would be terrified to crack my head open you know but like you just think about all the things that like you're really willing to try as a kid and then like at some point and I don't know when it happens I don't know if it's just like knowledge of like knowing that you can get hurt or I don't know, or like knowing the risks, but at some point we stop taking risks and we stop trying things that are exciting. And, um, and just recently, I mean, like, you know, I've been doing comedy for a long time, but like just recently as an adult, you know, I started doing more things that I was afraid to do. Like, like I used to sing all the time, but then, you know, I got, more insecure about singing because there's so many amazing singers out there and I feel like I'm not good enough but like you know I started singing again just for fun and like not being afraid to sing in front of people like just trying new things trying different sports and one of my good friends um he's a music teacher and so he um let me borrow his uh ukulele I used to play the guitar and he's like you should uh, borrow my ukulele and like practice so we can like jam together and I'm like okay 
And um, he was explaining to me how, like, he loves watching people the first time they try an instrument. And, like, they'll be, like, doing one thing, and it's like they've been holding it for three or five minutes, and, like, man, I suck at this. And he's like, I don't understand why people do that. It's like, you just picked it up. Like, it takes time. It takes practice. Like, why are you going to say all, like, why are you going to say you suck at it when you haven't even, like, really given it a chance yet, you know? And that was, like, a very interesting perspective, and people really do do that. They're just so quick to be like, oh, yeah, I'm not good at this. I'm like, well, you, yeah, of course you're not good at it. You've never done it before. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's so true. And I, um, I've used this example before, I think, on the podcast that, you know, when you're learning to walk as a child, you don't like fall over once and think like, oh, it's not for me. I can't do it. You, yeah. you keep trying, you learn. Um, there's a little acronym that I like for FAIL, which is first attempt in learning. You know, oh, I like that. Yeah. And, and also you think about science. The whole point of science is to test things and find things that don't work and adapt. But, you know, we're, we're so, we want to be able to do stuff straight away. Yeah. And, and if we're not good at it straight away, we're like, well, I can't do it. Yeah, it's, it's weird, isn't it? Because it's part of our society being ad- addicted to productivity, honestly. Um, you know, we're, we have like, we live in this world that's very masculine and us as women have had to force ourselves to fit into this very masculine world where it's like, all right, you have a routine, you have a checklist of all these things and you have to produce whether it's sales or how many phone calls you make in a day or getting clients or like whatever job it is you have, there's production and there's an expectation that you're going to produce X amount of whatever every day. And that's a very, masculine thing and um feminine energy is creating like living in the moment so we really lose that in this world of production where at the end of the day it's dollars it's you know dollar signs and so i'm actually kind of excited on what this coronavirus might change in the world because like right now you know, we're all stuck at home trying to find things to do i think people are being more creative um, I started a garden, which is something I've been wanting to do for a long time. Um, you know, I, I love to cook, but now it's like, I, I don't want to go anywhere. I, I'm enjoying being home. So I've been like cooking more. Um, I've been making like these restaurant like experiences, like with my daughter and, and I'm seeing my friends on social media that it seems like they're being more creative too. People are kind of getting back to their creative things. And, and I think that once we get back to our normalities in the world that I hope people are taking those like creative things and starting to incorporate that more into their life because that's really what we're missing, you know? Mm, yeah, absolutely. And I think it is that sort of <clears throat> having to adapt. And, and I think sometimes with people, we're very resistant to change, even though we kind of want to change, we don't really want to change. We kind of want our life to be this amazing life that we envisage, but we don't actually want to change anything to get there. And now we're in a situation where we're forced to make changes. And I think that leads to creativity and, and you know, having to adapt to the way we work, the mm-hmm. interact with people. And I, I find it's quite interesting because so far this week and, and we're pretty much on lockdown. And so some things are very different. So I'm doing my gym via Zoom, which is quite fun. So awesome. I'm still getting shouted at, but in the comfort of my own home. <laughs> so um and getting attacked by the dog at the same time because he's <laughs> he wants to work out with you. 
yeah, <laughs> it's helping. Um, and then working from home and adjusting to that. But actually, I've been surprised at how normal my week has been apart from that, which obviously says something about me and being an introvert that I'm obviously. <laughs> but I still find that I've been connecting with people more than I maybe normally would in a week because suddenly I can't go out and see people. So I'm making more of an effort to interact with people and connect and and really put an effort into we've got a, a mental well-being Facebook group and kind of getting that going because suddenly it's not so easy just to pop and see someone so it's that creative adaptation and it's yeah I, I think hopefully some positives will come out of the whole thing and uh, yeah I, I hope so too um, I think something like this definitely shows you like who really cares about you too. Like I've had, um, I was actually sick a couple weeks ago and I didn't, like I thought I had a sinus infection. Um, but then after like reading about like all the symptoms and like hearing these stories of people that were diagnosed with it, I was like, oh shit, maybe I had it. I don't know, you know, but it was, so it's kind of scary. And of course, you, you know, you're like worried and you don't want to get sick and stuff. So um, I had a, you know, a couple coworkers that just like text me, hey, wellness check, just seeing how you're doing. I'm like, wow, like, I mean, like coworkers that I don't even like work with directly, just like, you know, they're in a completely different office, like checking up on me. And like, that just really meant a lot and showed their character. And it's like, okay, you're checking up on me. And I have some friends that haven't even like checked up on me and helps you kind of like reevaluate, like, you know, who's supposed to be like, who you should have in your life and who you shouldn't have in your life. And um, I think this is like a huge, huge opportunity for us to grow as people and um, as a as a world, I mean, it's, it's still kind of like baffles my mind that like, this is affecting the entire world, you know, like mm. my daughter had a meltdown the other day. Cause like, she's doing all of her schoolwork remotely. Mm. And, um, so last week they, we had to go to school and pick up like worksheets for them to work on. And then this week they did everything via Google classroom. So everything's like loaded up and they do everything and write it down or whatever. And, you know, we don't have the teachers here teaching the lessons. They're kind of like reading the lessons themselves and she couldn't figure something out and I couldn't figure it out. And she just has a breakdown, dude. I'm like, dude, like, she's like, I hate this. I want to, like, I want to go to school. Like, I don't, I don't want to do it from home anymore. And I'm just trying to explain to her. I'm like, dude, every kid in the world right now feels like you and it's, it's okay. Like, we're going to figure it out. This is new. Like, don't stress about it, you know, and it, it was a rough day, but you know, today is better, you know, tomorrow will be even better, but it's just crazy. It's like, we're not alone. Everyone's feeling probably the same way as you right now, you know? Yeah. Well, it really shows how connected we all are and, it, you know, we know it, but then we forget about it and we can be very focused on our own country. And this just really shows that there are things that not restricted just to one country I saw um a post today and it said something about you know when this is all over you know cinemas are going to be full restaurants are going to have these massive queues kids are going to be pleased to go to school, not moan about yeah. it and it's such a big perspective shift isn't it? that suddenly all these things that we take for granted it's it, it really just makes you think about what's important and a, a lot of us are so obsessed with things you know, having stuff and suddenly when we can't have the experiences and we can't go out, you just realise actually you could be full of stuff. But that is not what's gonna make you happy. Yeah, totally. I'm um 
I'm in a way, I want to call myself like a true minimalist, but I think everyone has their own, like anyone that's a minimalist is a little bit different. But like, I, I've always been really picky about like whatever I buy. Like I have to like absolutely love it. And I think part of it is like, you know, going from like being a broke college student to being like a broke single mom, like never really having money to buy stuff. So when I did have money to buy stuff, I want to buy something like really nice. And then also something that's not going to like be too expensive unless it's something I really, really, really want. And there's no way around the price. But, um, so I remember like last year I was trying to do the whole like Marie Kondo thing mm. and, um, clean out my closet. Cause like my thing is like, I have a lot of clothes, but I don't have like this retail addiction. It's just like when I buy something, especially when it's clothes I, and I like it, I wear the shit out of it until it falls apart. Like I have clothes that I've had since like, I still have a few pieces of clothes that I've had since high school and I'm about to turn 34 this year. Like I just have stuff that I hold on to. So sometimes I have a hard time getting, getting rid of clothes. Um, but I went through my closet and was like, okay, if I haven't worn it for six months, like I'm gonna get rid of it. But in Arizona, that's not really a good rule because you know, it's cold like six months out of the year and then it's like drastically hot. So like when I had a smaller place, I would have to like put all my winter clothes in storage and then bring out all my summer clothes and then switch everything. But yeah, like when I like try to spring, spring clean, there's really not a lot of stuff that I get rid of because like everything I buy is something I really love or something that really, that really brings joy in, into my life. So it's funny because I've, I've tried to help a few girlfriends do that, that have like a ton of shit. <laughs> and I'm like, really? Why are you holding on to this? <laughs> Yeah, I have a ton of, of stuff. And and I I mean, sometimes why have I got that? But I think it's I mean, I have a lot of books. I have a lot of that. And then I have a lot of paper based stuff that I seem to kind of just collect and uh I think I also then just need sometimes to um just have time to go through it. You know, I think that's something mm-hmm. I find that I collect stuff and <clears throat> Maybe it's yeah. hard to let go of it or it is just that I need to spend some time and, and maybe do the Marie Kondo thing. I'm like, do I do I love it? Does it bring me joy? Um, yeah. I think if you've got that that headspace that when you're you're choosing whether to buy something, you're already thinking, Does it bring me joy? And that is probably like a way way better uh, approach to have. Yeah, totally. I've a I won't let go of books. Books is something that I collect and crystals too. <laughs> I have crystals somewhere on the window ledge. <laughs> books, I love books. <laughs> Could talk about books all day, but we shouldn't. So, um, I've got some set questions I ask everyone that comes on the podcast, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on on some of these. So, my first one is: What always boosts your mood, and what brings you joy in your life? I would say, um, my daughter and my cats for sure. And then, if we're not talking about persons um music um music is something that I I grew up in a musical family and so and music is so like feminine and creative and there's so many moods and music that makes you feel this way music that makes you feel that way um sometimes I'll listen to music because I'm in a certain mood I've uh I've struggled with I struggled with depression for a really long time and I'm, I'm at a point in my life where I understand it and I'm learning how to control it and work with it 
And one of the most important things that I've learned is um, to embrace your lows just as much as you embrace your highs. So when I, when I'm sad, I try to embrace it. I'll take a day or two to just like really feel because obviously there's something that I need to be feeling. Um, if I'm, even if I don't know why I'm sad. And so I will, I have a playlist that I actually started like developing on Spotify of all the like kind of depressing songs I used to listen to in high school when my depression started. And it would kind of like just bring back these nostalgic memories. So I'll play that playlist and like listen to it and be like, all right, cool. I'm done with it. And then, and then I'll listen to something else like James Brown's James Brown, get up off that thing is like my all time favorite happy song. And if I'm like feeling low, like I'll turn that on and I'll, it just makes me want to dance. And then I'm like in a whole new mood. Um, so music is, music is huge for me. Yeah, it's, it's so powerful. And I think there is really something, isn't there, of when you're sad, letting yourself feel the emotions, because I think we can be really quick to any, any emotions we perceive as negative. We just want to not feel them and just push them, push them down. And that's, that's not healthy. And I think that's a great thing to have a day or two of, feeling sad letting yourself feel it having a great tune to have a dance around to and then lift yourself back up yeah yeah so um my next question is what makes life meaningful for you honestly I would have to say just being and being able to be in the present um which as I kind of mentioned before is like something that I'm kind of like learning how to do again and like really appreciate um not really being distracted and just like really just being there. Um, I think we worry too much again, being in this world of like productivity, like worrying about what we have to do next. I think it is important to like have a plan and, you know, be responsible in a sense to like live the life that you want to live. But, um, you know, I try to be more present with my daughter when I'm talking with her and like, have my phone in the other room or when I'm with my friends like I like one of my biggest pet peeves is like when I'm seeing people out together and they're all on their phones I'm like why why are you guys together if you're going to be like on your screen you know the whole time and I feel like even though these devices make our lives simpler it also makes us disconnect from one another and um so I really try to be as in the moment as I can be with whoever I'm interacting with at that time and um, it's made my life much more fulfilling it's made me a lot more happier Um, even at work you know like I get a chance to connect with people everyone's looking to connect so if you're able to disconnect and connect into whoever's in front of you um, not only will it make you happier but it also impacts the person that you're talking to because imagine like you, someone comes up to you and they've been wanting to talk or connect with someone, who knows, maybe for like a week, maybe for months, maybe they haven't had a meaningful conversation in, in such a long time. And just for you being able to truly focus and dial in on that person can make such an impact on their day and their mood and their life. It's not just about us. It's about all of us, you know? Mm. Yeah. I think being present is, is so important for those meaningful connections like you said mm-hmm. so I think that's a really good reminder for people to really kind of show up and really be there for people one of the things we talk about a lot on the podcast is mental wellness uh, so two questions actually what does mental wellness mean to you 
and how do you look after your own mental well-being? Um, what does mental awareness mean to me? Um, you know, it means a lot of different things. I think the main thing mental awareness means to me is um, emotional intelligence, for one, because um, there is the emotional aspect. Why am I feeling this emotion? What happened today that's making me feel this emotion? What emotions have I been suppressing? How long have I been suppressing them? Just being intelligent about where they're coming from um, and not necessarily being arrogant or ignorant, you know, to that. And then there's also a little bit of science behind it too, like understanding um, your hormones, understanding the chemical imbalances that happen in your brain. Um, there is a lot that's still unknown about our brains. And, um, you know, I have, I have some friends that, you know, have, um, you know, they're aware that their mental health isn't the greatest, um, but they're too hung up on the science part of it, that they don't necessarily take responsibility for the emotional aspect of it. And so I think there, there's a balance there. Um, so I think just like really knowing yourself is really important. Um, reminding yourself of who you are. Um, I think as, as children, as babies, we know exactly who we are. And then as we adapt to like our tribe and the world and all the influences around us and their belief systems, we forget who we are. You know, um, I think that has a lot to do with it as well from like a spiritual aspect. Hmm. I think that's so true. The number of adults who don't know themselves and have the sense of having lost themselves. And I yeah, don't know where it happens, but somewhere along the way. Yeah, we just lose, lose who we are. So um, how do you look after your own mental well-being? I try to make as much time for myself as possible um, and not feel guilty about it because I used to feel guilty about it, especially like being a mom. Um, so, you know, first, I really try to take care of myself first thing in the morning, whether it's um, doing something. I try to do a couple things for myself in the morning. Um, I'm really big on like juicing, making sure I'm giving myself like the right nutrients, like first thing in the morning, um, or at least like right after I work out. So like doing something physical, getting my body moving, feeling good, getting those endorphins going, um, setting good intentions for the day, what I plan on doing, um, giving myself like affirmations to boost my confidence, remind myself who I am. And, um, and then throughout the day, being in the presence and then at night, you know, spending time with family, reflecting, um, reflecting on my day, what was good, what was bad. Um, and then, you know, quality time with family and loved ones. Um, you know, just every, everything I do, I try to send like set an intention behind it, a purpose behind it. Um, doing something that, you know, myself tomorrow will, you know, thank myself for doing the day before. Um, there's a lot that you can do in one day that will really mess you up for the next day, you know, um, especially with like food and, um, you know, thinking back when you were younger, like, oh. <laughs> you know, you, if you drink like a ton of alcohol, you're, you're setting yourself up for failure the next day. 
Um, that's just, you know, one example, but yeah, just trying to be better and better each day. Yeah, I love what you said there. So doing something that tomorrow you're, what was it? So doing something that you'll thank yourself for. Yeah, that tomorrow you'll yeah. thank yourself for. I, I love that idea that, because um, I think so often we can be like, particularly with, with food or alcohol, like, oh, well, like tomorrow I'll start kind of, you know, working out or whatever. And then like tomorrow, like never comes really. So it's that kind of doing something good today and then tomorrow you'll be angry for it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. Uh, So my next question is, can you describe your own mindset? Mm, Yeah. I mean, I feel like mindset is something that you're constantly working on as well. And it's something that changes. It's something that adapts. And um, I would have to say that I do have a positive mindset um, and that I'm always in a mindset where like, okay, you know, is this going to make me happy? Is this going to bring joy into my life? Um, you know, it took me a long time to kind of figure out like that as a very codependent person and not codependent in the sense where like, oh, like I was always in a relationship or like, I always had to like check in with this person before doing things. But, um, cause you know, I've been a loner most of my life but there's different types of codependency. And it was about a couple years ago that where I first like really understood, really started understanding what it meant. And um, for me, I was codependent in the sense, sense where I was worried about other people and what they would think, right? Like what, what are they going to think if I wear this or I should wear this because I feel like I'll be accepted more if I wear this or I should do this or say this because I feel like, you know, I was always acting in a certain way to get approval of others and that in itself is codependent and so I had to like stop doing that I had to like just do what was going to make me happy and um you know if people accept it people accept it and some people can do that in a negative sense like well this is just the way that I am and people have to accept me and it's not that kind of mindset because I'm trying to be the best person that I can be every day. And I am still trying to be respectful of other people and respect other humans. But with that being said, like if you're still not going to accept me for me when I'm trying to be the best version of myself every day, then I don't need to be worried about that, you know? So I would have to say that's kind of my mindset, being the best version of myself and making myself happy and not worrying about making others happy because other people's happiness is not my responsibility. Mm, so true. Your description of codependency totally sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I also, I always kind of frame it to myself anyway, as that kind of people pleasing and kind of just being really concerned about not upsetting people or, or whatever, but maybe it is a lot of codependency that I should work on. <laughs> Probably. Um, but yeah, so thank you. Thank you for that. And uh, so true, isn't it? That we, we own our own feelings so we we need to make ourselves happy if you like because no one else can kind of do it for us in the same way that we can't make mm-hmm. other people happy so if you set your whole life up about making other people happy then it's not gonna <laughs> not gonna work yeah can't it's not gonna end well. yeah you can't make everyone happy can you so um so um i always ask guests on the podcast to leave the listeners with between one and three strategies or kind of top tips of things that they can do in their life that are going to have a massive impact so do you have a a top one to three things that you would recommend that people do yeah 
there's a lot of things I can mention. I'm trying to think of like things that I've done that have like really impacted my life. One thing that I would say that you could do is um, make a list of like whether, okay, whether you're trying to find yourself or whether you're trying to find an ideal partner or lover, um, or you could do it for both for yourself or for that, for the person that you're looking for in your life, um, make a list of characteristics your ideal partner um, or the ideal version of yourself at the end of the day, it's the same person. So if, you know, if you're saying that you want a partner that is um, kind, uh, forgiving, uh, whatever um, you're looking at those lists and are you that person too? Because you're going to attract who you are, whoever the person that you are is what you're going to attract into your life. And um, when people start to realize in their relationships, like, you know, they're in a relationship and it starts to get toxic or, they don't like this person anymore. Usually what you're seeing in other people that you don't like is a direct reflection of yourself. It may not be completely literal, but it will definitely be symbolic. Um, so if, if you're at a point in your life where you're like, okay, I don't really like who I am, or you're striving to become a certain type of person, like make a list of characteristics. It could be as long as you possibly want. And um, just reflect on that every day. Am I, am I doing what I can to be all of these things? Um, and if that's the kind of person that you want to attract, you need to be those, those characteristics as well. Um, the second thing would be like just having a really deep inward conversation with yourself about what you are doing that is causing you to not believe in yourself. Um, what you're doing that is self-sabotaging yourself and the things that you deserve in your life. Um, that's something that I did with myself very recently. Um, and it was kind of like, all right, I, you know, I want to have, um, I've been single most of my life. I have, I've had like a couple very significant relationships, but now I'm in my thirties. I'm like, man, I want to meet someone. Like, I don't care about getting married or any of that, but I just want to have someone that I can share things with and, you know, have open and honest conversations with and not be afraid to say the weird things that are on my mind or whatever. And, um, I had to have this really deep conversation with myself about why I continue to self-sabotage myself and why do I think I'm not worthy of love, you know, and you have to have this really deep conversation with yourself and start paying attention to your patterns. We have these patterns that we do. Everyone does. And you have to figure out why you're doing it. A lot of it is a defense mechanism because you're afraid of getting hurt. You're afraid of being vulnerable. And I think that's part of being in the present is allowing yourself to feel allowing yourself to be hurt because there's going to be growth that comes out of it. So just having like a really deep conversation with yourself, opening up all those blind eyes that you've been turning to whatever it is that you're doing, whatever that you're tolerating about yourself, that's causing you from your true happiness. And I feel like once you really have that conversation with yourself, you start to manifest miracles into your life. And then the third thing uh, would be, do it now. Like whatever it is that like you've been really like wanting to do that you've been putting off, like do it, do it right now. There's so many things that I've been putting off. And then I'm, I was just kind of like, dude, why, why do I keep putting it off? I want to do it now. Um, I used to be kind of a procrastinator and even with like my podcast stuff, like sometimes I'm like, Oh, I don't feel like doing it. I keep putting it off. I'm like, why do I keep putting it off? Because I actually enjoy it when I'm doing it. You know, it's more of like, I don't know, a tedious thing for me because like 
there is a lot of like mechanical things I have to do and it can be a little bit annoying, but when I'm doing it, I am enjoying it. And then the after product I really like too. So whatever it is that you're putting off, just do it now. And like, again, just doing something that tomorrow you'll be thankful for, you know? So I would say those are my three things. <laughs> They're amazing three things. Thank you so much for sharing that. So I love to work. So uh, tell, tell us more about your podcast. Um, what's it? You know, what's it about? Yeah. It's called uh, Life Coaching Comedians. Um, so I, I'm called myself. I go, I go by my name on it, but I play kind of like a character. Um, I'm not a life coach or anything, but um, I have a background in, um, in like fitness and I was a personal trainer, nutrition and all that. And so um, I've been a coach for kids and sports and, you know, I've taught a lot of things. So I've kind of took that experience in being a comedian and kind of like put them together. I've been through a lot of therapy myself, um, read a lot of self-help books. I've I've read things and watched things where like, you know, there's these very eccentric characters that are kind of ridiculous, but at the same time, they're also like, you know, these lights and um, people that are spreading love and light. And so I kind of created this character based off all the different types of therapists I've encountered, kind of condescending, but at the same time, I am giving like legit advice. And so I have comedians come and sit on my couch and talk to me about their problems um, it's improv, so some comedians will make problems up, and some comedians will open up about things that they've really gone through, or open up about things in their past, and we just talk things through, and I give them suggestions, and life coach them, so to speak, and um, it's funny, but it's also honest, and um, helpful, um, and you know, at the end of the day, it's, we kind of need to laugh at ourselves for some of these things that we put ourselves through, you know, it's, it's pretty ridiculous what we put ourselves through, and it's and it's funny if you look at it like that. Once you realize how silly it is what we do to ourselves, I think that's where the real growth starts to happen. Um, so I just finished my first year and I'm starting my second year. We're on our third season right now. And I'm really enjoying it. And I'm, and I'm getting a lot of positive feedback on it. So just continuing to work on it and making a lot of like good friends in the process. And, and, and it's really cool too. And like, you know, I have a comedian come over and then, they call me or text me after and they're like, Hey man, like I had a really good time and that actually was really helpful. Like I'm really inspired or like, I, I, I feel great. You gave me a lot of good tips. Like that's, that's really what it's about for me is just finding a way to help people. Cause there are a lot of like a lot of comedians. The reason why we're comedians is because we're fucked up. You know, like we got anxiety, we have depression, we have traumas and that's our way of like getting through those things. So, so it's a way of kind of me giving back based off like what I've learned and how I've kind of like helped myself so people can learn how to heal themselves. Amazing. It sounds like a, just this like really nice blend of, they said that genuine tips and, and conversation, but with the, the kind of comedy element and, and I guess mm-hmm. because it's improv, you just sort of <laughs> don't know what yeah. come up. So I guess this is, I mean, I've got my set questions, but this is all kind of improv, which I just kind of, you know, never script stuff or just kind of talk so sometimes it's complacence and sometimes it's like this it's like a really fun conversation and you know um so uh how can people connect with you if they want to check out any of your comedy if they want to find a podcast or follow you on social media where can they find you yeah absolutely um i'm pretty much on everything um i'm on ig and facebook um 
also have a TikTok account now <laughs> um, as Lexis Charday, L-E-X-I-S-S-H-A-R-D-E. Um, I post mostly on um, Instagram and Facebook. And I do have, I started a, a podcast handle as well. So everything that's strictly related to the podcast on Facebook, um, Life Coaching Comedians, and also IG um, Life Coaching Comedians as well for updates on episodes and um, affiliates and things like that. Awesome. And we can put links in the show notes so that people can find you cool. and, and find you from that. Thank you so much, Alexis. I've really enjoyed chatting with you today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's, it's been lots of fun. And, and um, I particularly love your, um, your tips that you gave and your do stuff for, for tomorrow that you'll thank yourself, you know, for having Thanks. Really yeah. lovely. So thank you for sharing them. So thank you again to Alexis for joining us on the podcast. And as I mentioned Monday, uh, and I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna go over the whole thing again. But just a reminder to check out our website if you are interested in our 12 week group coaching program, which is starting in September, and also to sign up to our monthly newsletter, uh, Wellbeing Roundup. So head over to our website www.psyche.co.uk psyche p-s-y-k-h-e my blog's also on there and lots of cool stuff so uh, check welcome out. home oh my phone has just just started talking to me welcome me home that's a bit creepy um yeah thank you again to lexus uh, for joining us for this and to you for for tuning in and we'll be back on monday with another episode so have a great week and we'll speak to you then bye